0: And who is
1: this?
0: (laughs) Hello. How are you? Are you well? Have you ever dreamed
1: of living on a paradise island? That's exactly what Yvonne Campbell is doing for a whole year. Otherworld Travel presents Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island.
2: Hello and welcome to this week's episode. So what has been happening with me? I finally had my first visitor to the island, so my friend Justine was here for just under two weeks. I know a number of listeners are considering visiting the island, so I thought I would share Justine's experience so people can make an informed decision about travelling to Barbados right now. Travelling from the UK was pretty straightforward. There was the PCR test before travelling, the travel form that needed to be completed with evidence of vaccination status. And I would definitely recommend the Visit Barbados website as an excellent source of information with all the up-to-date protocols for travel. So the protocols can change regularly enough. So check that out to make sure you understand what the right protocols are for the time that you're traveling. Justine was staying with me, but as a vaccinated traveler, she still had to have a PCR test on the day of arrival and stay in quarantine and in approved hotel or accommodation until her test results came back.
1: Life. In Barbados, a year on a paradise island.
2: For the PCR test on arrival, there are two options. You can have it done at the airport or you can have it done at an approved satellite location. I booked the ladder for Justine and did this at the Crane Resort as they have their own testing lab on site at the hotel. So it's not just a testing facility, but an actual lab where they can process the tests. This is really unique and possibly the only hotel in the world that has their own lab processing high spec PCR tests. The crane has a range of jet setter testing packages, which I would highly recommend. They include a meet and greet fast track service at the airport, transfer to the resort and a PCR test once you get to the resort. The fast track service gets you a rapid transfer through the airport from the moment you get off the plane. And it took Justine just 35 minutes from disembarkment to arriving at the hotel. Once she arrived and checked into the hotel, she was taken straight for her PCR test at the lab on site. She was then able to use the hotel facilities for the evening awaiting her results. Although the lab says the results can take up to 24 hours, her results came through in five hours, which seems to be a lot quicker than those coming through the government lab. So the next day I met Justine and we made a start on enjoying her holiday. However, it was not to be. That evening, we got a call from the government COVID team via WhatsApp to confirm Justine's seat number on her flight. It transpired that somebody close to her on the plane tested positive on arrival. Therefore, she had to quarantine for a further four days and take another PCR test. We booked the test at the crane again, given a track record of turning around the tests. But on that day, an IT system caused delays and issue in the test results. This was not related to the Green specifically, but to the overall government IT system, which sends out all the test results. Luckily, it only held up the results by a few hours, so we still got the results through in eight hours. However, I know of some instances where the results were held up for quite a while. A few things I think to highlight from this experience, which anyone traveling to Barbados should take into consideration, is your PCR test. Taken in your home country is only as good as the time that it is taken, which is up to 72 hours before departure. There is no requirement for people to quarantine after they have this test at home, so there is a risk of getting COVID between taking the test and then the test on arrival. I do wonder if there's any consideration being given to people getting a rapid test at the airport before they board. Surely this would be a better indication of the COVID status of the traveller before you get in the plane. Even if you are confident that you've taken precautions to minimize the risk of catching COVID, you may be contact traced and still have to quarantine the same length of time as unvaccinated travelers. We were lucky that the COVID team agreed that Justine could stay with me if I quarantined with her, which meant she did not have to check back into an approved quarantine hotel. However, if she did have to, her insurance said it would only cover expenses if she tested positive, not if she was contact traced. So that's also something to consider. In my time in the island, Barbados has experienced a few admin issues, which has delayed test results being sent out. You need to factor in that there could be a glitch in the system, which could result in you being in quarantine for longer than expected.
1: Life in Barbados.
2: So with her 13-night holiday being cut short to eight nights, we had a lot to cram in. We spent a few nights at the Sandpiper Hotel on the West Coast, which was outstanding. The rooms, the food, the service, all fantastic. They also have superb water sports facilities included, which we took advantage of. We used the snorkeling equipment, took out the Hobie Cat, which is a small sailing catamaran. Don't worry, we had a friend who could actually sail, so we didn't take that on ourselves. And we also took a speedboat tour up the coast. Other activities you can access include paddleboards, kayaks and inflatable donuts, to name a few. We also had a sunset cruise on the Silver Moon Catamaran. We went diving. Experience the legendary Sunday lunches at Lancaster Great House. We saw some turtles hatching, which was, oh, an amazing experience. So, this was just on the beach. And we did a food tour, had a Bayesian cooking demo, toured the East Coast, and tried out some local rum shops as well as lots of food. And one of the most favourite things we did was a visit to Hans Garden.
1: Life in Barbados.
2: I can't believe it's taken me so long to get to Hans Garden. It's been closed for some time due to COVID restrictions, but it is now open seven days a week again. I went and met Anthony Hunt, whose family has been here in Barbados since the 1600s. I then also explored the beautiful gardens.
0: We came as indentured servants. We were British, of course, and right. came as indentured servants to the British. And the rest is history, of course. Other people came and then married into the line. Uh, it wasn't only those two that married into the line. So there were some members of family that came later. Right. As, and then my both grandfathers worked on sugar plantations. Right. And so did my dad and his brother work on a plantation. And my mother's brother worked in Guyana on a sugar plantation. So we have right. quite a background in, in that field of, of growing stuff. From about four I was with my grandmother planting things In she showed me how to garden. She lived near Bridgetown in a place called Belmont Road and had a wonderful garden. So I learned to garden with her from a very early age. And she used to grow plants for the church fair because in those days there were no plant nurseries. Right. So I learned how to do things like growing plants. And it, of course, was an experience because where I lived on the sugar plantation, we had no electricity, no radio, no telephone, and she had all that in town. So it was like young people going to New York when you <laughs> went close to Bridgetown.
2: So, how would you describe the gardens to someone who has never visited before?
0: Well, very cheekily, I have a great friend, her name is Sue True. And she's the daughter of Jill Walker, the famous artist. Yes. And then she said, we need a slogan. And I said, Sue, I'm so busy. I trust you. So she got back in a few days. She said, I went on TripAdvisor, and somebody had called it the most enchanting place on Earth. I said, yeah, go with that. At least you're not saying the most enchanting place in Barbados. (laughs) So you shouldn't be able to get anybody, any Barbadians angry and we haven't pushed that it's a garden, it's a place. Yeah. So that's our slogan. So we say we're open seven days a week, including Sundays, we open every day from nine o'clock in the morning till five, including bank holidays, Christmas Day, New Year's Day. And the reason I open every day is if there is holiday and maybe the visitor is only here for a few days, and have planned to come on Christmas Day, they need to come then. Because you've decided that this is what you're doing for a living, this is what you want the place to look like, and you want the people to come when they want to come. So some people come pouring rain, and they bring umbrellas because they want to see it in the rain. Or maybe that's the only day they have to come out to the country. Sure. So we're, we never close.
2: That's really good. Now, you mentioned about opening Christmas Day. So I've read on some of the TripAdvisor reviews that sometimes there's classical music that's played yes, around yes, the gardens. Yes, Is that yes. right?
0: Yeah. Once we open at 9 o'clock, we put classical music on, primarily Chopin and that type of light piano music. We don't get too much into orchestrated music or singing,
2: and I can imagine imagine around Christmas time as well having music being piped through the gardens and yes, experiencing exactly, it It'd be quite special. Exactly,
0: exactly. And there's been some, you know, when the Celtic Festival went, and they came to Barbados, always came here, and when people come, sometimes somebody will play the old piano, and people will sing. You know, it's all it just happens. And we have plenty of place for picnics, and we have a big dining room downstairs. And they set that up and have maybe afternoon tea or lunch or dinner. And
2: how many varieties of plants or flowers? Oh, and things like that I have would no idea.
0: Have? I have no idea. Thousands. When you come into the garden at the entrance, you're given a list. Yeah. And then when you go down to the bottom of the garden, you'll see a big sign. And on that sign there are pictures with numbers Yes. and then on your list you have the numbers. So once you photograph that and photograph you can put it all in your camera and then you'll know what everything is.
2: Fantastic. But of
0: course today there, is, there are apps you can put on your phone. Yeah. That have all the names of the plants in, and they're, they're quite accurate as well.
2: Yeah. So
0: you just take a picture of the plant and you know what the name is.
2: And what's some of your favorite plants here?
0: I like everything really that I'm growing. <laughs> and what we try to do is not to grow things that are difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So in this garden, you will not see a lot of bougainvilleas because bougainvilleas need full sun and very dry, and it's a very damp garden. But I'm currently planting the main garden of the plantation house of Castle Grant, which burnt down in 1948, it was a tiny wood house, and then was rebuilt by 1952. They call it Castle <laughs> Grant, but it was never a castle, but very fertile land. So that garden's gonna be flat, And that's for when I get in my 90s.
2: Oh, really? (laughs) 80s are
0: coming up next year.
2: So there's obviously the hummingbirds. What other birds do you get around here?
0: We have the grackles, which are the blackbirds. They're very chatty. And then we have several types of doves. And we have finches. And we have something called the banana quit or the yellow breast. And they kind of hiss. You would have seen them around a lot. But because Barbados is so far away from the mainland, there are no forest birds.
2: Okay. So we right. don't have,
0: but we have a lot of migratory birds that pass through and move on. So sure. in fact we even have around Barbados in the cooler months whales. And Sweet. you see them in the sea breaching and it's lovely. Yeah.
2: fantastic what i love about this chat is that we sat out on the veranda of the house in the garden and in the recording you can hear the birds in the background anthony is a great character and could keep you entertained for hours he meets everyone who visits the garden when we walked into the garden the first thing we saw was a tiny bird's nest on one of the trees if anthony hadn't pointed it out i would have missed it and i'm so pleased i didn't it was actually the nest of a hummingbird. The garden has so many little nooks and crannies and places to sit and take it all in. Anthony also serves his own rum as well as other refreshments and cakes. If you want to hear the full conversation, look for the link in the show notes, which you can find by pressing the show notes button at life-in-barbados.com. I would definitely recommend a trip to Hans Garden and make sure you allow plenty of time to sit and enjoy the surroundings. I like Anthony's suggestion of taking a bottle of wine and a book and hanging around for the day. There are a few other gardens that people have also recommended that I'm yet to check out. The Andromeda Botanic Gardens in Bathsheba, the Flower Forest Botanical Gardens in St. Joseph, and also in St. Joseph, not a garden, but Cocoa Hill Forest, which offers 53 acres of land filled with 80 varieties of plant trees. It's great for walking and hiking at all levels.
1: Life in Barbados.
2: That's all for today's episode make sure you head on over to life-in-barbados.com where you will find details of how to follow my podcast so you don't miss an episode, leave a review, access my show notes for links to all the things we've talked about in today's episode.
1: Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Go to life-in-barbados.com forward slash Podcast.
2: If you've been enjoying life in Barbados, you're going to want to check out my other show, The Bucket List. Each episode I chat with locals, guides, and even some people I met along the way on various dream trips. Experience safari in Tanzania, road trips across the US, and hiking across Australia's national parks, just to mention a few of the episodes. Go to otherworldtravel.com forward slash podcast. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.